the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into Hour 2 of our daily three-hour tour this Friday, May, th- May 13th. We check in with George Kaloff as we do every Friday this election year. He is the managing partner at the Resolute Group and the president of Data Orbital Consulting. Happy Friday, George. Thanks for being with us, sir. Happy Friday. Always good to be with you, sir. Thanks, brother. Thank you very, very much. I want to talk to you about a few things I'm noticing in the campaigns that are going on, both in this state and across the country, uh, as well as a few themes and some interesting polling on an issue that you and I, I think, are in what we call fierce agreement on, which is uh, culture, cultural <laughs> issues and cult- culture uh, politics. Before we get to that, and maybe this does get to some of the culture a little bit, but there's a hearing today in Louisiana – on stopping the ending of Title 42, getting an injunction to prevent the White House from ending uh, Title 42 uh, on our border policies. It was spearheaded by uh, several states' attorney general, inclu- state attorneys general, including uh, Mark Burnovich. Um, when people tune in to television or radio, almost every political ad they see from Republicans, George, is about – illegal immigration, almost everyone, almost everyone, when they're not, you know, hitting each other on other stuff, when they're talking about uh, their own campaigns, they're all campaigning on that, pictures from the border, endorsements from border enforcement officials, uh, that kind of thing. I've had people come up to me and say, are they ever going to campaign on anything else? I know that's a cynical judgment, but I also know that there's a reason that they are focusing on yeah. this because they're not idiots either and they're not uh, counseled by idiots. How is How big of an issue is immigration? Is it so big that it does crowd out other issues? And can we talk about some of those too? Yeah, so, so great question. Look, immigration is a big issue. Uh, 50% of Republican primary voters say it's their biggest issue. Uh. I would say it's a top issue amongst likely general voters. Uh, it's probably number one at 26, 27 Inflation and jobs in the economy amongst general election voters is a close second. But here's what's interesting about immigration. Okay, Immigration, yes, is border security. And yes, it's about ensuring that people follow the rule of law and people that should be here can come in and people that shouldn't be here don't come in. But there's another critical aspect. And you're noticing, yes, there's well, there's imagery of the border. The commentary on immigration, a lot of it is around safe communities, yep. opioids, fentanyl, drugs. Why? Because yep. yep. that actually gets us into these cultural issues. That ah. gets us into the defunding the police that gets us into fentanyl in our neighborhoods that gets us into all of these other facets that you know frankly suburban voters care about these same suburban voters by the way that are swing these same suburban voters that are coming back home to the republican party and immigration is one of them because of what it does to our communities miles and miles and miles away from the border frankly you know, even in other states or even border states, but particularly in a border state like Arizona. It's interesting. You know, years ago, a friend of mine who has uh, uh, dedicated her life to working in education policy when I was just cutting my teeth on it, uh, 
many, many years ago. Uh, I, I asked her why she was so fascinated with education policy, just a specialist in that one area. And she goes, because it's everything. Education covers everything. And I'm wondering if that's a, put, a bit now true of illegal immigration, which also actually gets you to the education issue as well in some respects. But it gets you, as you say, the drug issue. The Im- illegal immigration gets you the drug issue. It gets you crime, gosh knows, even beyond uh, uh, drug trafficking crime. It gets you to violent crime yeah. issues. It certainly does get you to education. It certainly does get you to health care. It certainly seems to be the new, um, shall we say, overarching th- theme that if we don't get that right, we can't get anything else right. And on top of which, it goes to something else Republicans have been pretty good about in the past, too, which is campaigning on the safety and security and the uh, beneficence of this country, you know, keeping America strong yeah. and great. 100%. It is. It, look, when you combine the defunding the police movement yeah. that, by the way, you notice the left has completely backed off because of yeah. it was the most ridiculous talking point in the history of mankind. You combine it with that. You combine it with the millions of drugs, pills of drugs and fentanyl that are pouring over the border. You combine that with uh, the issues with the lack of police in cities like Phoenix and Scottsdale when you now even have Democratic Mayor Kay Gallego talking about it. You combine all that together. You combine that then with, by the way, when voters don't feel secure personally and physically, they now don't feel secure in their wallets. Inflation and in the in the economy and everything that's happened. And while Arizona has largely been okay from a COVID you know COVID recovery perspective, we've been hit. Report came out the worst with inflation. No surprise to those that are filling up gas around town or trying to buy a loaf of bread at a Safeway or Fries. So there's now no security with your wallet. And then now you send your kids to school and they're being told a bunch of random crap. And so now you don't feel secure in your kids. I mean, it is a crisis of security across the board and starting with the border, then to inflation in the economy, then to our kids and what they're learning. It all ties in together, I think. It's it's thematic for what the Democrats Yeah, it's a great starting point for a discussion, it seems to me. Does it share... George, um, it's it's so so it's obviously hot in the primaries, which is what we're in right now. But does it does it share the benefit? Does it have the benefit of attracting certainly independents? But are there Democrats? Are there pro border security Democrats that we appeal to as well? Or is that an increasingly vanishing breed of American? I think it depends. I think in rural Arizona, absolutely, there's a certain type of Democrat. If they're still registered Democrats, you're in Pinal County, you're uh-huh. in Pima, Cochise. Some of these border communities. I mean, look, we saw what happened with with Hispanic Democrats, which you and I have talked about it quite a bit yep. in the border communities, yep. counties in Texas. Uh, we see that a little bit less. So, of course, it is a dying breed. Both parties are getting galvanized in their kind of respective quadrants. There absolutely is a way to win them over in the way, frankly, that we've won over uh, with what I would say, like blue collar Democrats in the Midwest on a lot of these same and similar issues in this new direction. I think that we're sort of going in the sense of like, yeah, we need to lean into culture and lean into securing our borders and all of these things, uh, all of that that was propelled, as we know, in the last five to six years. So absolutely it is. Again, Arizona is unique. We know 60 percent of our vote comes in uh, from Maricopa County. Another 15 to 17 percent comes from Pima. So uh-huh. three-fourths of our vote comes from urban environments, but 25 percent is not insignificant, and that's where oftentimes Republicans run up the score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that, we touched on this a little last week. I've got a bunch of questions for you. Can you stay with me two segments, by the way? Can you do our uh, two yeah, segments? Yeah, Great. We touched on this a little bit last week, George, um, abortion and the Democrats. 
Um, and and what was interesting to me is that the Democratic Party used to have an awful lot of pro-life members in it, especially given the Catholic connection to the Democratic Party. That obviously has become an increasingly shrinking breed. Is there an element of that left, or is that pretty much all gone? I think that's uh, that's fairly that's fairly far gone. Fairly I think there's far one gone. more yeah. elected. Yeah, yeah, one more elected in Congress. I think that there was two, and one of them was yeah. in Illinois. I think yeah. there may be one left. If that Arizona, we don't have a single one. It right. used to be Catherine Miranda. Yeah, and she's trying to make a comeback, but uh, yeah, that that's definitely a, a dying, and those that we had in the in the state in the uh, in the U.S. House and Sen- uh, not the Senate as much, but in the U.S. House, they those that we thought we had left us on Obamacare. They they traded in their 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 pro life credentials for Obamacare. Yeah, yeah. Now the critical thing though to remember is that there are still voters. Yeah, right. And, yeah, and we've we've our firm has started to do the data firm has started to do a lot of research on this. There are still registered Democrats that are with us on these broad cultural issues, including life, that's what we have to try to figure out how to traverse going into 2022 and four and beyond, uh, which is why I push back when people say Arizona's you know, going to turn into a blue state or yeah. turn into Colorado. Yeah. Uh, politics is in zero sum. Every action is a reaction. We just have to figure out how to traverse those uh, fine lines. George, uh, you you may have seen. I, I thought this was interesting. It didn't sound right to the ear. They must have had some interesting person do the poll for them on this. But I've seen uh, the Democrats in Washington now marching, not saying my body, my choice, but my body, my decision. I don't know if you've seen that. And I wonder if they figured out that decision is a better polling language or if they figured that they ruined the brand of my body, my choice during COVID because they proved that they didn't mean it. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know what yeah, the answer yeah, is, but probably, it doesn't sound the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, probably the latter. Frankly, yeah. And then they try to spin it on his head and, and turn it to us. But the, the, again, to always bring it back home, the amazing thing is <clears throat> while some Democrats have tried to be careful with the with the sort of the leaked road decision and you'll notice there's a couple of articles that came out. Reuters did, uh, I think, covered it where they had a like a focus group of sorts or a poll of sorts in Arizona and where they realized that suburban women, shocker, you know, while they may be pro-choice, care about the 50 other things that the Democrats have jumbled and they're not going to punish Republicans for this one thing, for example. But then you have Katie Hobbs, yeah. who's, you know, been incessantly fundraising, yeah. which, again, I get it from a fundraising sure. perspective. And she's camping out on, you know, oh, my okay. God, Republicans are going to take away contraception. We're going to go back to being the end of all days. And it's just it's been over the top. So it's interesting to see how segments of the party are reacting one way and other segments of the. Yeah, Democratic they can party overshoot on this. I think they might have overshot already. And people are seeing some of the hysteria around that, maybe being torn do- turned off by it. You can tell me about that when we come back. We will be right back. George Kaloff is our guest. He's the managing partner of the Resolute Group and the president at Data Orbital Consulting. New poll on where Americans are on women's sports, sex changes for minors, sexual topics in schools, parental notification. It's pretty interesting stuff. George will walk us through it when we come back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. George Kaloff is our guest. He's the managing partner at the Resolute Group and the president at Data Orbital Consulting. Excuse me. (coughs) I apologize. I swallowed something wrong just on the break there, George. George, uh, speaking of something you and I have spoken a bunch about, because I think our effort is is, uh, unified in never going again through what the RNC put us through after the 2012 election, which is to tell Republicans to get off these cultural issues. 
guy looked at that and said, never mind, and he became president of the United States on cultural issues. Uh, so, so I, I don't, I, and I don't think you do. Although you'll, 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 you'll always correct me if I say something wrong about you. Uh, I, I don't think we ever want to go through that again. We have some new polling. National Review was writing about on women's sports, sex changes for minors, sexual topics in schools, parental uh, notification on children and transgenderism, pornography, reigning in big tech. And the numbers are really interesting. They are majoritarian on our side and in some cases what you might even call super majorities. Kind of interesting. 100%. And, and frankly, it's, it's heartening to see this across all of, the, uh, all of the battlefield states, the six states that they polled, obviously one of them being Arizona. Our firm, as you know, uh, we do a significant amount of polling on yep. these issues and we have for the last number of years partnering with Center for Arizona Policy and Center for Arizona Policy Action, and uh, we're seeing the same thing. Saving women's sports is a big deal. Uh, ensuring that our children don't aren't given puberty blockers, especially without their parents' yeah. consent, is a big deal. Ensuring our kids isn't indoctrinated. I mean, look, these are big deals with people that we need to uh, have on our side to win, and 100% I would agree uh, that we never want to be put through what happened in 2012. Look, a lot of consultants always do postmortems, and, and, and again, oftentimes, they stay in the bubble to do their postmortem as opposed to actually going out and talking to real Americans uh, to figure out, hey, why did we lose? They go and talk to other consultants, usually in, on the Hill or in D.C. somewhere, and then they come up with these you know, concoctions and ideas that, oh, we shouldn't talk about cultural issues as if human beings only care about their finances and don't care about their kids and all these other things that are happening in our world. Obviously, they couldn't have predicted how crazy the left got, but these are big deals. They're big deals in Arizona, and I keep shouting it from the rooftops that, now, we need to do it intelligently, and, mm-hmm. I, and I'd love to unpack that with you, what that means, but we need to do it intelligently, but we need to be leading on these issues and leaning in on these issues, not leaning away from these issues. I'll come back to the doing it intelligently in a moment if you'd like, George. I'm happy to do that with you anytime. Obviously, uh, I, I love your brain on this stuff. And and you are you are quite the uh, expert on understanding where voters' opinions and attitudes are and how they connect with politicians. One of the things I have done for many years is I kind of collect, um, for lack of a better word, I don't actually like the word, but people know what it means. Thought leaders, op eds, uh, people who are considered you know some semi public intellectual or columnists. And when they start writing about the same thing, I kind of collect it and wonder if a developing political theme may come out. And over the past two weeks, George, I've noticed a, 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 a bunch of op-eds coming out encouraging conservatives and Republicans to talk about Democrats' war on children. And I'm wondering if that's going to be a next big thing or if it's subsumed in other issues. Maybe, maybe this poll shows some of that, too. A hundred percent. Let's look to Scottsdale. The okay. city of Scottsdale, it is Republican, but it is not like a, you know, it's not some rock-ribbed Trump Republican type thing. Right. Think Trump defines Scottsdale, but it's a suburban affluent district. It's Scottsdale or a city. People yep. know, right? Anyone in Arizona knows Scottsdale. Yep. There has been a war waging between the school board and the parents and the parents and the school board members. And now, you know, things that are happening in continuing happening in Scottsdale Unified school district and all of these things are brewing in a suburban city where there's a lot of moms uh, between the ages of 35 and 54 again this target audience that we care about that are in an area where frankly again if you heard the democratic pundits after 18 oh my god we're never going to win these voters again and education funding and the sky's falling and then democrats decided to tell them that they're stupid essentially and that they're going to raise their kids 
the way that they want to raise them as in the the, the, the progressives and yep. that they don't have a say as in the parents. Even claiming and they were their kids. I mean, uh, amazingly enough. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah, that's, that's what a Joe winning Biden idea. Said. Yeah. Yeah. Told, yeah. yeah. He told uh, involuntary he told adoption or something. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. He told teachers that they're your kids when they're in the classroom. Right. No, that's 100 percent correct. They're stewards right. of someone else's kids. So. Look, there is a war on our kids' minds. I would say it like that, okay. right? So we're, we're waging war over the mind and over the future of our children, over the next generation. I've got two little boys, and it is a big deal to me uh, uh, what they learn and what they are unnecessarily exposed to. And these individuals are going out of their way to expose our children to things so that they could turn them away from a certain school of thought. And, and by the way, this is something that was very pointed. There was a progressive lobbyist in Arizona. That after there was a lot of talk on bills that uh, Senator uh, Nancy Bartow has been pushing in the state legislature, obviously a mutual friend of both of ours, mm-hmm. a dear friend and a woman who's been leading on these issues mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know why we can't do this? Because if this bill passes, then we will, it's, it's erasing the history of the, you know, the progressive or the LGBTQ movement and these parents won't be forced to teach their kids this, right? Like overtly, uh-huh. they want a law to be set up so that our children are forced to learn something that we don't want them to learn because it is, quote, part of history and good for their development. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Interesting, interesting. The The children thing, it has a lot of aspects to it. I, I would delight in pushing on it, um, whether we are talking, uh, you know, unborn or whether we're talking children uh, not being able to attend schools or socialize or social activities or whether we're talking what we're doing to them, certainly in the schools. There's a lot there. I have... Uh, um, about two minutes left, George. Do you want to kick off what you th- what you mean when you say talk about these things intelligently, or would you rather save that for next week? Either way. Let yeah. Let me give an initial thought. Yeah, let me okay. give an initial thought on this. So okay. what I what I mean by that is, look, we have a whole. We, we clearly have the upper hand when it comes to this issue, and sometimes what Republicans do, we have the upper hand and then we give it away. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and we need to talk about our kids. We need to do it in a way. That is vision casting, though. So this is what I mean by that. The, the voters need to be put. We, we need to give them an opportunity to put themselves in the story that we are um, narrating. Mm-hmm. Right. And the narrating story that we want is that we have a vision for America. We have a vision for these children. These children should be able to be raised how their parents see fit. And we need parents to come into our camp. We should focus it on the aspects of this that have to do with empowering parents to be able to raise their children and not as much uh, focusing it on. Well, we don't want there to be. Um, you know, uh, I mean, we need to focus it on curriculum. But if, for example, there's a, you know, a teacher that, you know, doesn't look, a, you know, doesn't look a certain way or, is, you know, saying things, whatever, we need to focus it on what is the impact on our uh, on our kids. Yeah. And we need to, for example, you need to say pre-born on the life issue. We need to focus it on how are we coming alongside women so that this argument of, oh, well, you only care about kids in the womb. No, yeah. we actually care about kids uh. Uh, their entire life because these become functioning members of, of society in Arizona. So more to unpack there. But what yeah, let's uh, let's to, unpack to it more it. next week. And let's look okay. at something, too. I'd, I'd be curious to get your sense. We can save it for next week on the proposals um, of expanding uh, ch- children's services uh, that that people like uh, Josh Hawley are pushing. Uh, not traditionally um, not not traditionally seen these expansions of child cr- uh, tax credits in the amounts that he's been talking about. But I wonder if uh, there be uh, there be good um, good answers and in, 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 uh, and potentials in those kinds of uh, policy proposals, we'll talk about that more next week, George. If you're good with it, absolutely, George Kaloff. Thank you, managing partner of the Resolute Group, President Data Orbital Consulting. 
nationally recognized, fantastic. We're delighted he's ours in Arizona. Don't go anywhere, George. Don't leave Arizona. We need you, brother. I'm Seth Liebson. Open line 602-508-0960. Your show from here on out. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960 is the number if you'd like to join the conversation or add anything. It's Open Line Friday. You can ask me talk about anything you would like to. Uh, portions brought to you by Balance of Nature. If you're in a particularly uh, new, different, or uh, tough exercise regimen, diet, uh, or you're just feeling like you're not having the energy you used to or want to have, Balance of Nature is perfect. It's just the perfect supplement for you. Whole food nutrition, you take it once a day. It's made from fresh, whole produce, 100%. The vitamins, minerals, and phytonutrients of the fruits and veggies are preserved using their advanced cold vacuum process into the vegetarian capsules. The capsules are designed to be opened easily, if you like, uh, because some people don't always like swallowing capsules. They're normal-sized capsules. I swallow them. But if you don't, they're designed to be opened and sprinkled into food and drink. Uh, you can even chew on them. Uh, some people do that too. Balanceofnature.com. Can't say enough about it for immunity, health, energy, you name it. Uh, Balanceofnature.com. They're fruits and veggies. Discount code BALANCE. Uh, the media uh, is taking an interesting tack on what's taking place in Israel right now over the um, slain uh, journalist uh, Shireen Abu Akleh that we talked about uh, yesterday. Uh, and it's it's interesting uh, because um, the tragic death of this journalist, Al Jazeera journalist, uh, the, the, the facts are not out, but the story is. Yesterday I was telling you about how the Palestinian Authority refuses to cooperate with the Israelis on investigating uh, how she was killed by having uh, an international oversight of examination of the actual bullet. Um, today, the story is about what transpired at uh, her funeral procession. Before I give you that, before I give you that, notice how much coverage this is getting compared to, because some lives in this world of progressive woke media are more important than others, Compared to something I bet you didn't know, did you know that 20 Israeli civilians have been killed by terrorist attacks in the last three weeks? Did you know that? Excuse me, last six weeks. Did you know that? Did you know that in the last month and a half, 20 Israeli civilians have been killed by terrorist attacks? Get anything? Did that 20 combined get the coverage that this is getting? No. All right. Um, as Ben Shapiro put it out, uh, the media have said that Israeli forces killed Miss Ackley. That supposition is completely unverified. It's not verified. That's coming from exclusively the Palestinian Authority with no examination outside of the Palestinian Authority. Uh, and that Israeli forces attacked Akleh's funeral today without any provocation is a plain lie. It's a plain lie, and people are dying because of these lies. The um, Israeli uh, press has put out stories. There were plans for the funeral pr procession of Miss Akleh. They were co coordinated in advance – by the Israeli police with the Akleh family. The Israeli police and the Akleh family coordinated to put the funeral procession together. Then 
300 rioters today arrived at the St. Joseph, Joseph Hospital in Jerusalem and prevented the family members from loading the coffin into the hearse to travel to the cemetery as planned. Okay? Activist terrorists stopped the plans of the family and the government that was supposed to go forward quietly and peacefully. And instead, the mob threatened the driver of the hearse and then proceeded to carry the coffin on an unplanned procession to the cemetery by foot. This went against the wishes of the Ockley family and, of course, the, secu- the security coordination that had been planned. And then, of course, the riot that came about, which was instigated by the mob. Glass bottles, rocks, other objects thrown, resulting in the injury of a lot of mourners and a lot of police officers, which, yeah, they then did respond. You bet. It's unfortunate. It's awful. It shouldn't happen. But then again, none of this should have happened, and none of it would have happened if the PA would police the terrorism in places like Janine, which was their obligation under the Oslo Accords. Twenty Israelis wouldn't have been killed in the last six weeks, and Miss Ockley would not have been killed this week. I'm Seth Liebson. Got some folks on the line. Bear with us one more quick break, and we'll get right to you. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I love the folks at Y-Refi, not because I know them and they are great folks, but because of what they do as well. If you're looking for a remarkable investment opportunity with a great return for the investment investors, check out my friends at Y-Refi. What I'm talking about is a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Y-Refi is in the business of helping people who are doing their best to dig out a debt the right way, doing the right thing and paying off their debts, doing it with dignity, and getting all kinds of benefits along the way, as those who have been there know, including getting their FICO scores fixed. Y-Refi is a due diligence-approved firm run by people I vouch for who are doing very well by helping others, and you can be too. They're locally based, so you can visit them. You're not going to get a sales pitch. They'll just talk to you about what they love doing because they love talking about what they love doing because they love what they are doing. What more can I say? Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com, or give them a call at 855-316-3087. That's investyrefi.com. Richard is uh, in Phoenix. Hello, Richard. Richard, are you there? Going once, going twice. No. Okay. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero is the number. Uh, if you'd like to get in, I will uh, be doing my uh, monologue uh, at the top of the next hour. I um I did want to say something more about the uh, what I was talking about with George Kaloff in the um in the uh, in the uh, first part of this hour, which is. Yes, the immigration issue, but I think also the children's issue. I think it has been teed up for us to seize, us, uh, we conservatives and Republicans, to seize on. Uh, It hasn't been something traditionally that we have talked about, but I think the left has run so fast and run so riotous uh, against the interests of uh, children that it is ripe for us. The issues and insights, folks, right, that Democrats often like to preface their policy debates – 
with the phraseology or variants on the phraseology is it's about the children or it's for the children. As if uh, some of those mantras uh, can sanctify even some of the worst ideas. But the truth is that if you look at what the Democrats have done for the past uh, several years, it shows that the real concerns are anything but the children, from abortion to school shutdowns to runaway inflation to baby food shortages. Seemingly everything the Dems do these days has adverse effects on children. After all, they do control Congress and the White House and a lot of the narrative, most of the media narrative as well. Think about baby formula thing. Think about that for a moment. We're, we're dealing this with this now halfway through May. We're, we're about that. This weekend will be the halfway point of May, which is almost the halfway point. Do you realize that the Biden administration and the FDA was warned about this problem as early as February from members of Congress? Members of Congress in February were warning about this. What would you think? What would you say? What would the world think and say? What would the media in this country and the Democrats in this country think and say if it was discovered that in December rather than January, much less never mind several months before January of 2020, Donald Trump was told about the coronavirus and didn't say anything about it? Or any governor for that matter sat on this since February, since February. And the problem has gotten steadily worse. The administration was steadily informed about it. And now the best it can muster is debating amongst and internally with itself as to whether they should use the Defense Production Act. With no real help in sight on this issue of baby formula in any event. Um, Let's talk about the Women's Health Protection Act, which had almost unanimous support from Democrats, almost unanimous because Joe Manchin voted against it. Democrats claimed the bill was a self-defense against the expected overturning of Roe versus Wade. That's what they said. It was not that. The bill did not codify Roe versus Wade. The Democrats' bill went much further. First of all, it overrode, religious, it overrode religious freedom exemptions from physicians and healthcare workers who didn't want to participate in that procedure, one. Two, it made abortion legal all the way up to delivery, all the way up to delivery. As the folks at in, Issues and Insights say, it was infant murder on demand legislation having nothing to do with so-called therapeutic abortions for medical purposes or indeed women's health. It's also the most anti-child law imaginable. 29 states right now already allow full-term abortions for nearly any reason at all. Do you know that? 29 states do right now. The congressional bill would have forced the other 21 states to do the same because Democrats really aren't about what they say they're about. They are mostly about coercion. Or take the current shortage of baby food that I was discuss- that I was just mentioning. It's one of the consequences of the Biden administration's and Congress's foolish stimulus policies, which spent trillions of dollars even after the U.S. had already emerged from its COVID lockdown recession in 2020, with trillions of dollars in new spending, a 400 percent increase in the money supply and zero percent interest rates leading inevitably 
to soaring inflation and the breakdown of America's once best in the world industrial supply chain and shortage of manufactured goods. We're now seeing the tragic result. Amid growing shortages, parents scramble to feed their youngest children. We're now seeing almost unimaginable headlines like this one in the New York Times. Quote, a baby formula shortage leaves desperate parents searching for food. Close quote. Are we Venezuela again? I mean, we are we are supposedly out of covid. When covid started, we saw this with toilet paper and paper towel and a few other items. What? Cleaning supplies, I suppose. My gosh. This country knew how to manufacture Lysol and Purell beyond anyone's needs. Anyone who's gone back to work in the office, check with your human resources um, person. I bet you I bet you he or she has a lot of Purell and Lysol that never got used. Not because we were hoarding it, but because we were told we needed it and the companies knew how to be encouraged to make it, manufacture it, and get it to people, and they did. So today, if a baby is born, lucky enough to have avoided a life-ending abortion procedure that the child still may have a tough time getting enough food to eat. How can this be in the U.S., a country that until just two years ago was renowned around the world as a place for nearly endless bounty and plenty? How did this happen? How did it happen? You know how it happened. And as I say this, there are pallets of baby baby formula on the border available for illegal immigrants, but not for legal American citizens. When we talk about America first, no one wants to deprive any human being of formula. No one. But if you're in America, maybe Americans should be prioritized. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I was talking a little bit about some uh, columnists and writers who are now working the theme that the Democrats are engaged in um, what they call a war against children in the United States. Josh Hammer, our friend Josh, who's the editor at Newsweek and also a syndicated columnist, has a piece saying that the Biden administration is declaring war against Americans, against Americans. And he goes through a whole series of different arguments. I want to I want to flag this for you and uh, and identify uh, that it's at spectator.org. Josh Hammer's piece at spectator.org. You know, maybe it would be a good idea. Yeah, I, maybe it would be a good idea. I hate to, to <laughs> think as I talk. It's easier to write as I think. But as I talk, it may be a good idea for me to compile with your help, you know, a briefing of maybe, I don't know, what would be the right number? Five to ten columns or op-eds, not essays because they're too long, but five to ten columns or op-eds. And they may be replaced between now and November, that we would call a briefing book that we could give to friends or family members who are on the fence about voting for Republicans, who are um, unsure as to how far left their beloved Democratic Party has moved, if they in fact are still Democrats and believe that, that, that Joe Biden is a moderate and that there's a hugely moderate element to this Democratic Party that died after Bill Clinton left office. Um, Maybe we should do that. If we are going to do that, I would put this Josh Hammer piece 
as the lead piece over at the uh, spectator.org. Josh Hammer, Joe Biden versus we the people is what it's called. He goes through a bunch of issues. It's really good. For example, uh, for example, on um, on energy. Uh, he he says that um, while nearly 30 states are reporting all-time high averages for gas prices at the pump, the Biden administration only yesterday canceled offshore oil and natural gas leases in both Alaska and the Gulf of Mexico. But Biden has simultaneously admitted that energy accounts for 60 percent of the inflation Americans are now expecting. Higher fuel prices for trucks and tractors, after all, trickle down and affect all goods and uh, food stuffed, foodstuffs farmed and uh, shipped throughout America. That's that's just one small element, one small element of what he's doing to make life harder and more expensive for Americans in the name of helping the class that got him elected, the wealthy who can afford it, who believe that we should not be involved in the business of extrapolating our fossil fuels and our natural resources to make life easier and better. For Americans. Bill, what is my uh, time? There we go. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back with my monologue for the week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.